Thanks for checking out the V1 Church podcast. You're about to hear a message from our lead pastor, Julie Signorelli. Do you find yourself struggling with identity? If so, we believe this message will be impactful for your life. So make sure you listen all the way to the end. We're going to jump right into it. Um, How many of you guys know that you can pray, or maybe you didn't know, you can actually use God's word as prayer. Did you know that? That you can speak God's word over a situation or over your life. And in this case, we're going to do it over our church. And so if you are taking notes, um, you can jot this scripture down. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. I'm just going to pray this scripture over our church and over this message this morning, okay? So I'm just going to read this to you. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and high and deep is the love of God. To know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the, you may be filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Amen. Amen. I want you just to receive that word in your heart. Some of us, we have maybe been in church for a long time, but maybe we've forgotten how deep God's love is for us. Maybe you've been in around ministry, or maybe you grew up and maybe you were, uh, you were a Christer, right? Christmas and Easter. So you, maybe God was important, but maybe it wasn't a fixture in your life. I hope this morning that if you leave with anything, you're reminded of how much that God loves you how deep his love is for you. And so if you leave with anything today, leave with that. Uh, But we're going to jump right into it this morning. I'm going to switch gears. And uh, it's okay to laugh during this next part, okay? So have you guys seen uh, when you, um, like maybe on Facebook, or you've seen the memes called Starter Packs? Have you seen this? Okay, well, if you haven't, that's okay. I'm going to school you this morning. So we're going to put a few up here. Um... So you can go ahead. This is the New Yorker starter pack. I bought this when I moved here. No, I'm just kidding. I do want Tim's though. I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. This is the early bird special starter pack. The best though is the cold slaw. <laughs> the coleslaw. I can't talk. Coleslaw. All right. And then we have um, the high school starter pack, right? Can I copy your homework? I, I dated myself because in first service, I was like, I have no idea what mini mine is, but I'm assuming it's played, you know, during class or something. Don't tell me if that's you. And then this was sent by uh, uh, Eddie. He preached in Queens a few weeks ago. He sent us this, so don't be offended. Uh, the Puerto Rican starter pack. So you have your adobo, your saison, right? I'm not going to lie. This is me. I'm not Puerto Rican, but I cook with all those things, so... I got my saison, I know. Gloria a Dios. This is the Christian College Starter Pack. I said, this reminds me of Dylan, the guy who did the announcements. Life is life, man. God is so good. And so we all have this thing where if, if, we, if we say we're about something, our life kind of like resembles that. Okay, so for me, if you had the Julie Signorelli starter pack, right, there would probably, my kayak, I talk about it a lot, get ready, because I'm going to preach about it all summer, so 
just get ready. Uh, my Subaru, my Starbucks coffee, right? That's the Julie Signorelli starter pack. You guys might have your own. And so basically what it is, is it's kind of this idea, uh, these, these couple of items that outline your life. So I know some of you might be giggling because you're thinking about like, what are the items that like outline my life? Got my Chipotle, my cake pop. No, I'm just kidding. My Ugg boots. But we all have those uh those items that kind of outline our life. And so memories can make up the architecture of our identity. So our memories kind of make up who we are. And so some of you, you have memories from high school. Some of you were, you were the Abercrombie guy. I heard someone say, yeah. Or maybe you had the, maybe you were the, the sports girl, right? Or maybe you were the, when I was growing up, um, goth became like a thing. I wasn't that. I looked terrible in black lipstick, but it was a thing. I was wearing a lot of Tommy Hilfiger. I would have never guessed that it would have came back. I should have kept it all. But we all have those things. And so, um, and different religions have their own quote unquote starter pack. Right? So some of you, uh, you know, you have a way that you think church people act, especially before you got in church. Did you guys, any of you have a way that you thought church people act before you became a Christian or before you came to church? And maybe on that starter pack, there might have been gossip. There might have been judgment. And maybe some of it stopped you from coming to church or stopped your friends or stopped your family from, from coming. Um, but God... But God wants to put an identity on you, and he wants to say some things about who you are. And so sometimes some of the negative things about um, how we've become what we've become have said a lot more about what we've said to ourselves or what we've succumbed to than what God says about us. And so this morning, what I want to try to do is kind of impart, if you will, for lack of a better words, a new starter pack, right? What does God say about your identity. And here's the thing. Different families from different regions, no matter how hard we try to be original, right? Culture is caught and taught. So there's things on us just from being around, whether it's our friends, our family, our circles, our jobs, that kind of puts on an identity on us. And so here's the thing. We are all trying to figure out who we are in this life. We are all trying to figure that out, who we are, what we are, why we're here. I love this quote by um, Oscar Wilde. It says, be yourself. Everyone else is already taken. So good. We're all worried about fitting in and answering these questions and and it's changing who we are and it's changing how people see us but the reality is is God has something to say about who we are and he has a very special assignment for you and why you're here and he's destined you to be here so there's three things that I want you to remember this morning that's going to help speak to your identity and shape this God-given purpose that you have for your life is there's three things, and then I'm going to go in detail with them. So I'm just going to name off the three real fast. So if you're taking notes, you'll want to write this, write this down. Remember who you were. Remember who you were. That's number one. 
Number two, remember who you are. Remember who you are. And number three is reminding yourself of who you will become. So I read this story um, in the news. This was like, I think in February or some sometime in the winter. And this lady, I think she was from Louisiana. She had a headache, splitting headache. Um, she went to bed or passed out. I can't re vaguely remember the details. Anyway, she woke up and she had forgotten 40 years. 40 years. She woke up. She didn't know who her husband was. She didn't know who her children were. She didn't know who her grandchildren were. And so she had no clue what she was doing with her life. And in fact, it even said in the article that she said she went to look in the mirror and she was shocked at the reflection because in her mind, before she looked into it, she thought she was 18. And she just wasn't expecting to see, you know, a 58-year-old face looking back at her. It shocked her. I know sometimes I get shocked looking in the mirror. I'm like, holy moly, where'd those lines come from? But it's such a snapshot of what the enemy wants to do to your identity in Christ. He wants to speak things to it. He wants to put his name on it. He wants to put his identity on it. He wants to distract you with all kinds of things because he wants you to forget who you are in Christ. That's not a popular thing right now to remember who you are in Christ. It's all about being original, right? Being an influencer, being a, being a, a somebody, all things to all people. You want to be me. You want to try to be me. But the reality is, is we have to stop trying to be like everybody else and start trying to be like him. And so God is trying to redeem this identity and the enemy is on a full out mission to steal that from you. So he wants, the enemy wants you to forget whose you are and who you are. And he speaks lies about your identity all day long. I don't know, have you ever just had a day where at the end of the day, you're just exhausted? And then sometimes you kind of, if you, if you are intentional about your thought life on those particular days, I will sometimes, you know, just instead of going through the motions, I'll sit back and I'll say, you know what? I feel like it was like I was fighting lies all day. It made me more tired, right? I would be go to study for a message and I'd hear lies of the enemy going, you're not smart enough to preach that. You're not strong enough to lead a church. You're not strong. You're not even Christian. You yelled at your kids in the drive-thru, getting a McDonald's. Sue me. But the enemy will just whisper this demonic chatter about who you are all day. And we walk around exhausted because we're fighting twice as hard to get through the day. Can anybody relate? Am I preaching to myself this morning? And so here's the thing about the enemy is the enemy cannot create anything new. The enemy does not have the power to create. He cannot create anything new. But what he can do is tell lies and repeat them over and over and over. He cannot create anything new in you, but he can make you doubt what God has created in you. And so don't think it's strange if the lie that you hear is, um, you know, you, I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can do that. The 
opposite is that God has called you to do exceedingly great things. The opposite is that God has made you strong, that in your weakness, you're strong. And so you have to try to speak to those lies. So the number one thing that we talked about is you got to remember who you were. You have to take a look at who you were. I know sometimes in the Christian world, we're like, focus on the future, focus on the future. And that's good. And we don't want to focus on the past, but we do have to remember where we came from. We do have to think about why we do what we do. Why are we in a cycle? Why are those things in our life keep coming up? And you kind of have to take a glance backwards and say, every scar in my life has made me who I am. There was this really poetic prayer that I that would pray like when I was in youth group. And basically, I remember hearing it and, and it was like, God, God heals wounds and doesn't leave scars. Okay, well, that is super poetic. I'll, I'll give you that. Write that in a song. That's very beautiful. But the reality is that we don't forget. God forgets. He's perfect. He totally forgets. The Bible says that when we sin and we repent, he says, what sin? What are you talking about? But we remember. And sometimes as human beings, right, as people just trying to get through life, we set up camp about what happened to us, who we were, instead of saying, that's where God redeemed me. That's where God set me free and keep on moving. And so I just want to encourage you that every victory helps point you to your purpose. So every scar tells a story, tells about what God has delivered you from, and every victory talks about your future. So sometimes the scars that in your life, the things that made you who you are, are sometimes there because you were mad enough to care and your anger can actually help point you to the direction that God's put you in. So for example, my husband's number one thing that makes him super duper crazy angry, super duper, that was my my homeschool language coming out, sorry, teach preschool. I also will say potty, but I'm not gonna say it this morning. So every, uh, what his, his biggest pet peeve is when people have gifts and don't use them. That is the thing that makes him super angry. Well, that makes perfect sense in what he's doing today. He's telling people, if you have a gift, use it unto the glory of the Lord. And he's training people and teaching people. So that makes perfect sense. There are some people that get enraged by injustice. Well, that says something about what God's called them to do, right? And so some of these things that, that we look at as scars or anger, think they're actually things that could point us to the direction. A lot of you are in the field that you're in because of something that happened to you that made such an impact on you. You said, I am not willing to not make a difference. And so I just want to encourage you that every scar and every victory will help point you to your purpose. And so I love in the Old Testament where it talks about when things would happen, maybe it was a battle or a loss or whatever, they would put a stone down for remembrance. And every time they set a camp up there, they'd get in trouble. And so some of us, for the things in our life, we just need to put a stone and say, yep, that's where God delivered me from. God was good. And so I want to encourage you that uh, if, if something in your past is struggling um, to reconcile with who you are and your identity in Christ, maybe it's because you have a tent there and not a stone there. 
some of the things, the victories that point us to what we're supposed to do, the victories that help um, guide us into who we are in Christ are the things that come easy to us. I have always been a pastor my whole life. I played church growing up. I remember being 12 and 13 year, years old while my friends were all in the backyard playing, jumping on a trampoline, hanging out, whatever. And I would be on the count, I would be in the kitchen talking to the mom. I remember my teachers crying and asking for prayer. I remember um, hearing uh, the word anxiety, I had never heard the word anxiety that was not a popular word, that was just not a word that was used a lot when I, when I grew up. And I remember uh, a teacher telling me, I've just been really struggling with anxiety. Can you pray for me? It just came easy to me. I, I can't explain it. I don't know. There are things that come easy to you. There are things that just flow out of you. Like Bree doesn't have to try hard to sing. We're all a little jealous. <sighs> you know, like, just comes easy to her. There are things that come easy to you. So remembering who you were, good and bad, will help you to find your identity in Christ. Number two, remember who you are. Remember who you are. I know this, especially for women, men, is it okay if I just preach to the women for just a minute? Okay. So women, this is harder for us because women, what we do, and I don't want to totally just like blanket statement you, but for, I've talked to a lot of women in my day and this seems to be without any like educational statistic. We surrender to circumstance very easy right? Hand us a baby. We are all in. Hand us a, like whatever it is, like we are all in. And I don't know about you, but if you've ever had a baby that doesn't sleep through the night, for those of you who are moms, you can relate. That season feels like it's never going to end. And guess what? It ends. But in those moments when, you, when you're in a, a toxic relationship or you're in maybe a job you don't like or whatever, it just seems like you can't see on the outside. And so sometimes we have to take a look at remembering who we are. Hey, I'm a mom, but you know what? That's not my full identity. I am a son and daughter of God and I, and I shepherd and raise up children along the way. Or maybe I'm in a relationship and so that's, that's where you're at right now, but that doesn't mean that's who you are. You don't have to lose your identity in that and that God has something to say about your circumstance right now. This is from Richard Loveless in the Renewal as a Way of Life. It says, you are accepted because the guilt of sin is covered by the righteousness of Christ. You are free from bondage to sin through the power of Jesus in your life. You are not alone, but accompanied by the counselor, the spirit of the Messiah. You are in command with the freedom to resist and expel the powers of darkness. I love that God gives us the freedom, the freedom to choose him. The freedom to, um, to, to rebuke, the freedom to uh, speak to our circumstance and to embrace his promises for our life. Number three, reminding yourself of who you will become. 
reminding yourself of who you will become. So you have to remember who you were. You have to remember who you are, that you are a son and daughter of God and these circumstances, these jobs, these, uh, these callings, these giftings are just things that you do along the way. And then you have to remind yourself of who you're going to become. We have to declare what God declares. First Peter 2.9, this is in the New King James Version. First Peter 2.9, it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are chosen this morning. God has a purpose for you this morning. And so some of you might say, well, okay, I can remember who I was and I can remember who I am and I can claim, you know, the promises of God in my life. But what does it look like to have an identity in Christ? What would be the identity in Christ starter pack? What would that be? What would that meme look like? Well, let me give you this scripture. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 17. So Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. That's in the New Testament. I'm just going to read it real quick to you. It says, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your eternal, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Now, I'm going to read the second chunk of that scripture, but I just want to stop there. Man, that is the grace and the mercy of God. Sitting at the right hand of God, that's what the scripture says. We don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. On my best day, I'm yelling at my children in line for McDonald's over chicken nuggets. On my best day, I don't deserve to sit at the right hand of God. And that is the grace and the mercy and the power of God and the, and the forgiveness of God and the goodness of God that just flows and then there's this other part. So that would be on our identity. If we had a montage of identity, it would say right hand of God. It would say setting our hearts on Jesus. And then there would be this other part. So verse five, it says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality and purity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming, and you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourself of all such things, of anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Verse 9, do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off your old self with its practices, and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge and the image of the creator. Now, I know that first part is a lot more touchy-feely. Like, that's a lot better than thinking about dying to ourself and thinking about, you know, anger and all these things. But I have to believe that if we're going to have an identity in Christ, 
then we're going to have to make some changes in our life. It doesn't mean that we have to. It means that we get the freedom to. And so there's some action steps there. It says you must. It says put to death. It says put on. We have some responsibility in our identity. The things we do make up who we are. And it doesn't mean that we get lost in that. It just means that the goodness and mercy of God also comes with the responsibility of putting off those old things, who we were, to remember who we are and who we're going to be. Most of our unhappiness is live. It, uh, most of our unhappiness in this life is because we've spent a lot of time, uh, we've spent a lot of time listening to ourselves instead of talking to ourselves. We have got to start declaring God's word, God's promises over our life. And so here's the thing. I just want to go over just a couple of things that God says about us. This is what he says about us. It says that I am new because Christ died for me. That's in Titus 3, 5. It says I am in Jesus because Jesus had taken me. Romans 6, 4 through 5. It says I'm, in, I'm cherished because Jesus was rejected for me, Romans 5, 8 through 10. It says, I'm approved because Jesus satisfied the wrath that I deserve, 1 John 4, 10. It says, I'm a beloved child adopted into the family of God because Jesus was abandoned for me, Galatians 4, 4 through 6. Will you stand with me? It says, I have been delivered because Jesus was raised for me. Romans 6. I am not alone by the sealing of his Holy Spirit because Jesus sent the Holy Spirit for me. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. It says, I am being transformed because Jesus has ascended to his heavenly throne for me. I am going to make it because Jesus has hold of me. John 10, 28 and 29. I will be glorious because Jesus is going to return for me. 1 Corinthians 15, 52 through 54. For those of you who are maybe theologians, here are some of the words that I just want to go over. Regeneration, union with Christ, justification, propitiation, adoption, redemption, sealing of the Holy Spirit, sanctification, perseverance, and glorification. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, it's revelation. But when the enemy speaks to your identity, it's temptation. Some of you have made some inner vows in your life. I will never be this again. Fill in the blank. I will never get married again. I will never go to church again. I will never trust people again. Whatever. Fill in the blank. 
And what's happened is those I will statements, those inner vows have created an identity about who you are. Some of you could name probably every inner vow you've said over the last six months and yet lack at trying to remember what the scripture says about those things. And what I want to encourage you this morning is that God has an identity. You have an identity in Christ that he wants to give you. He wants to give you new things to say about yourself. He wants to give you a new dream. He wants to restore the things that the enemy has been trying to rob you. And some of these things have put a foothold in your identity and it's been shaping who and whose you are. Because when you say, I will never, what you do is put yourself on the throne. But when you say, but God, you said that I had justification. You said in your word, Father, that I can have forgiveness for my sins, Lord. You said that in Ephesians 3.20, more than I could ask or think, Lord. And you begin to repair some of those statements and you remind yourself about who you are and whose you are and what you're going to become. Do you think Moses ever said, I will never go to Egypt again? I'm sure Jesus had moments. He probably didn't say it. Man, sometimes God will send us right back just so we can have victory. And we're moaning and groaning about it. We have got to learn who we are through Christ. You can look up memes and find who you are. You can talk to your friends and they'll tell you who you are, but you have got to stop compromising and look into the word of God and say, what does God say that I am? Let me read this over you this morning. This is what God says that you are. I just want to read this declaration over you. As I read this, if, if you just need to receive that new identity this morning, if you want to just lift up your hand or just reach out your hands, just as a sign of Lord, I'm open. I just want to read this over you. I am cherished, chosen, enjoyed, forgiven, wanted, royal, treasured, and dearly loved child of God who has been delivered from the slavery of sin, who has been made alive to God with a new heart, who is not alone but indwelled by the Holy Spirit, who is filled with the power of the kingdom, who is being slowly transformed into the glorious image of Jesus, and who one day will be fully glorious like him and share in his inheritance of a perfect world. Jesus, the lover of my soul, has united himself to me by the Holy Spirit and is wild about me because he, came, he became human being for me. He lived a perfect and righteous life for me. He was forsaken and rejected for me. He satisfied the wrath for me. He gave me his perfect righteousness. He died for me. He was raised for me. He ascended to the throne of God for me. He rules the universe and the church 
before me and he will one day return to make me and his, and this world glorious will he where he will give me everything because of his good pleasure god has an identity for you this morning will you sing this with us this morning will you receive that identity into your spirit today hey you made it all the way to the end thanks for listening do us a favor rate this podcast and leave a review we'll see you next time